tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai, and check it out who it is right beside me. Hey, I'm DJ, the Jumbo Commander. The Jumbo Commander. DJ is back. Uh, if you've been watching our show for a while, you know that DJ filled in for, what, about six months, I'd say? Yeah, for a while. As a co-host of the show, when uh, Jimmy was doing Mulan, he was in New Zealand, and DJ's come back to help us out during this busy, busy time of year because we've got Strixhaven, we've got Commander product. Oh my gosh, there's so much cool stuff to talk about. Uh, one cool thing we should talk about is, look at this, we're sitting next to each other. Vaccines are great. Vaccines are great. If you're on the fence about getting the vaccine, we would highly recommend it. The CDC says what we're doing is allowed, which is great. Um, DJ, you're back, and you have brought with you a really cool topic idea inspired by the most recent episode of Game Nights. It, it is very cool. We'll talk about how cool it is a little bit later. But really, we're here to talk about some of the most powerful synergies in Commander. The most recent Game Nights, I feel like a lot of your gameplay centered around Cash's play with a Narset or Hole Breacher and a Wheel Effect. Basically, this huge synergy that would crush everyone and put card advantage way in his favor. And it was so interesting to see how much of the game revolved around that one synergy. I wanted to take a look at other synergies that can warp a game of Commander. Yeah, just one thing I want to say about that. I told you so. <laughs> All right, but before we get into the main topic, we really got to qu quickly talk about our sponsors, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. We are going to talk about some very powerful synergies on this episode. And also, if you want to pull off that synergy or if you want to stop that synergy, you are going to need magic cards to do that. You know you're going to purchase magic cards anyway. Strixhaven's right on the horizon. Modern Horizons 2 is right on the horizon. Forgotten Realms is coming very soon. Just had Time Spiral. If you're like me, DJ, are you like me in that you, it's hard to keep up? It's very hard to keep up. Yeah. yeah. So you probably need to still order some cards that have already come out or cards that are about to. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. They're the best place to buy your magic products, singles, anything at all. They're going to get it to you the fastest and in the best condition. And then once you get that stuff, you really want to keep it protected. Uh, DJ, I know you play with a lot of, you like foils and bling and things like that, right? I do like foils and bling and, and it's, it, all that good stuff. It's very important to keep that stuff in the best possible condition so that it retains its value. And the best way to do that is with Ultra Pro products. They make the Pro Gloss Eclipse sleeves specially made now so that your foils and your bling will shine very brightly, make your battlefield look awesome. Also protects your cards in the best way possible. Also, they make satin tower deck boxes, mythic collection deck boxes. They make inner sleeves oh, so yeah. that you can make sure that your foils are double sleeved, especially so no moisture can touch them. Oh, which is very important <laughs> with foils right now. Let's not lie. You do not want moisture getting anywhere near them. But you really need good sleeves yeah. to make sure that your high quality cards stay high quality. So Ultra Pro, they really do make the best stuff to protect your stuff. And then finally... The, the last way, or another way, I guess not the last way, to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. All kinds of cool perks for our patrons. Uh, one perk you get is getting to watch game nights and extra turns earlier than the general public. Uh, you also get access to our Discord to talk with Jimmy and I on there each and every day. But also... DJ's on our Discord. You just sometimes. do at Jumbo Commander. Yeah. It just pings me and it's just like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll chat with someone on Discord. In fact, our whole team is on and off Discord all the time. So if you have questions for Lady Danger, Ashlyn Rose, Murph, Jake, anybody, Kyle Hill's on there all the time. Our Discord's a really fun place to be. It's a big community. If you need help with deck building, want to answer any questions about our content, patreon.com slash command zone is how you join up to be part of our community. All right. Oh, sorry. There's one other perk to being a patron is that we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Kevin, you rock. Thanks, Kevin. I'm just not going to make any no, don't clerks make it. joke or don't chasing Amy joke it, or Josh. mall rats joke. I'm just not going to do it. No. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the main topic here. Most powerful synergies in Commander. DJ I think synergy and combo kind of gets mixed up sometimes. Do you want to talk about the difference? They really do. And we're not talking about combos today. There are a lot of 
ways to win a game with a combo. And we're not talking about just ways to win. A game. I guess that's the most powerful thing you can do in magic is just win the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but anyways, but these are synergies and these are designed to be able to work really well together. And sometimes the power of a synergy versus a combo to win is that each piece can work individually really well. Uh, sometimes you can see a combo coming, but synergies just naturally line up and give you huge board advantage. And so we're not talking about winning the game, generating infinite mana. We're talking about ways that you can boost yourself ahead of your competition by combining some cards together for amazing synergy. Or just stuff to watch out for that other players might be doing. I think synergies often create a huge advantage and you'll probably win, but a lot of times they don't quite guarantee victory or end the game in that moment. Um, exactly. I wanted to make a quick disclaimer here. Many of these synergies are kind of mean. Uh, some which, of them are very mean. Some of them are very mean. <laughs> so, which isn't to say we're saying, hey, go out and do this stuff. You should talk with your play group. You should make sure that everybody wants to experience the same kind of commander game. Some of these are not going to be things you really want to play in your play group. But because of spell table, I think a lot of people are out there right now playing with strangers more often maybe than they were uh, before the pandemic. And that stuff's really fun, but you don't always know what you're going to get. And it's important, I think, to be aware of what's possible with certain cards or probable even with certain cards. Like I said, I told you so, right? Like, it's not like I didn't see what was going to happen in the game nights coming. I said over and over what was going to happen. So it's good to know that it's going to happen because then you have a better chance of stopping some of these things. Well, one thing that was done really well in game nights is at the start of the episode, you said, hey, we got cashier. We've got, we're going to have some powerful decks. Yep. We're pulling out our most powerful decks so we can all play on a level playing field. And that's the important part. You're not like pulling out this synergy to, you know, slam your opponent's decks off the table. Get out of here, my yeah, friends. Yeah, their second you know commander I mean? game ever with their pre-con <laughs> that's barely upgraded. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody was mad about the no. fact that Cash was doing powerful things. I was mostly just frustrated that nobody was helping me stop him. But it wasn't like, <laughs> hey, you're not allowed to do that in this game. That was totally allowed. Everyone knew at the beginning that yeah. this was a place to do some powerful stuff. And even though we don't always play with these kinds of combos or synergies some every so often, like... Once in a while, we might pull this out. You know, we might decide to pull out a particularly powerful or particularly mean deck and say, "Let's let's let's do it." Yeah, let's be mean for a minute. And let's see who yeah. who could who can do, uh, throw the biggest haymakers. Okay, so let's talk about the first most first. We're not ranking them in order, right? This is no. one of what we're calling the most powerful synergies in Commander. This is the one actually from Game Nights. Um, do you want to walk through it, DJ? Absolutely. So the way that we start off with is some sort of of card that limits your opponent's abilities to draw additional cards. Uh, we saw Hole Breacher and Narset Parter Avails in the episode of Game Nights. Uh, there's also Notion Thief that can do that as well. Uh, and so once you've limited your opponent's ability to draw extra cards or draw cards at all, then you can play an effect like Wheel of Fortune or Moonfall. Time Twister. Yeah. Time Spiral. Time Twister. Only Cassius Marsh can pull that <laughs> I, out because he's an NFL I know, player. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he gets paid millions of dollars every year. He gets to have Time Twister in his deck. Exactly. But anything that says um, all players, you know, draw a certain amount of cards, basically. Exactly. And there's a lot of those effects in Commander. Tons. And so basically what happens is that you say, okay, everyone discard their hand or shuffle it back in or whatever. And we're all going to draw seven cards. Oh, wait a second. Pause. I got this whole breacher on the battlefield. I got this Narset on the battlefield. You don't actually draw seven cards. You draw one or, yeah. or zero, yeah. depending on the card. Uh, and then I'm going to refill my whole hand. And you guys basically all got mind twisted for a lot. And then you're stuck with one card in your hand. And by the way, the whole breacher, the Narset, it's still on the battlefield. It's still impacting your way to get back into the game. Yeah, because even if you, that one card is a card that would draw you a bunch of cards, you still can't do it until you can get rid of the Narset or the Hole Breacher, which presumably you can't do because you would have done that already, probably. Yeah, a lot of our catch-up effects are card-drawn commander, and that it shuts it down. And so this is a synergy that sometimes just grinds the game to a halt, but gives you enough resources to close out the game. Yeah, it's a devastating combo when it lands. Uh, you know, I think anybody who's played commander very much has had it happen to them for sure. And it does definitely give you that feeling of like, okay, it's not technically over because we're still, it's not going to like the person's probably not going to win next turn, but, and you know, there's some chance to come back because the three of us are all probably now mad at that one player and we draw one card each turn and that other player technically draws one card each turn. So that's three to one. But the problem is they have seven to three at the moment. And if they can just increase their advantage at all, it's probably over. Um, so, it's one of those insidious type of combos where the game's going to continue. It's not like it feels like you should concede at that moment, but 
your chances of winning have so precipitously dropped that you're, you know, you could see where somebody would want to concede, right? <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. I have no shame for conceding after that. Full disclosure, <laughs> I, I have conceded in that moment sometimes just to be like, hey, listen, did anybody draw anything good here? Can we just concede and start the new game? Yeah, you won. Good job. I, I go. definitely have done that. Yeah. Uh, one thing you wrote down here that I really, really like, mm-hmm. and it was a comparison, obviously, to Leovold. And, and Leovold is a legendary creature who has basically the Narset Holbreacher effect on your opponents of them not being able to draw extra cards. But because it was a legendary creature and you could basically begin the game with it, it uh, with access to it all the time, they decided to ban Leovold out of the format. That's how powerful this type of synergy was, you know, to the rules committee. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Holbreacher and Narset are not legendary creatures, which means you need to go the one extra step to somehow finding them. But because there's two, it's a lot easier to do. Yeah, so it just means it's right there on the edge. And yep. if you have a, a a reliable deck, a way to tutor things up, a way to churn through your deck and find what you need, then you kind of have a ban-worthy uh, synergy in your deck. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot, a lot of powerful synergies I think we're going to see have sort of banned, banned components to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because that's kind of, if it was that powerful, it, it, it's probably like right on the edge of being banned worthy. Another point you made in the outline that I really, really like is that both of the pieces of this synergy are actually very good on their own. So you don't need to assemble the synergy for the cards to be good. And that's a problem with a lot of combos and synergies is like if each individual piece is crappy and less paired with the other piece, then that tends to be not as good because when you draw those cards and don't find the other part, you're playing crappy cards. But in this case, Narset and Holbreacher just by themselves, if you don't even have wheel effects in your deck, are very devastating to your opponents because a lot of most decks, I would say, they just want to get extra card advantage. In that game, Ashlyn sat there and just got destroyed and got buried under other people's card advantage because her engine was immediately shut down. And she had Phyrexian Arena in that game, so she should have drawn four to five more cards in that game. And imagine what a different game that is for her. She, I think she missed a land drop somewhere in the middle where it probably wouldn't have happened. You could have extra cards too? Yeah, my Rhystic Study. I mean, I still managed to draw some, but imagine I drew, you know... 10 cards off it rather than four or whatever. Yeah, big, big difference. And then the other side of the equation, wheel effects are just good cards, right? Wheel of Fortune is a card, and I know that's the reserve list version that's very expensive, so people get mad when we refer to that. Windfall, which is very similar and plays out mostly the same most of the time, is a card that just sees play in decks that do not have Narsets and Holbreachers because the ability when you're low on cards to just refill your hand, even if like DJ has five cards, Jimmy has six, you know, Megan has five, and I have three, that's still really good for me because I draw three cards and a couple of my opponents draw one. That's still that's still just sort of in the bonus column for me. And not, not to mention like if you build your deck right, uh, a lot of times you're like play all my low drops so I know that I'm going to get cards out of my hand faster and refill my hands with these wheels. Also, there's just wheel decks, right? That just like their commanders. Like, Locust God. Yeah. You know, um, the Zyrus. flying snaky thing. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Braylon and Shabraz. There's a whole ton now yeah. of, uh, of wheel decks that are just already going to run wheels. So wheels, as we know, are just a, a mainstay of the format. Because you're in control of when you wheel. You can look at your hand. You can look at those three cards and be like, nope. Or you can look at those three cards and be like, actually, these three cards are worth holding on to. So being in control of when you wheel is very powerful. So this is a very powerful synergy in general just because of the way that it lines up. Both pieces work well when they're separated and just work even better when they're together. So again, I think it's a pretty mean thing to do. This is not something that I put into most of my decks. Uh, Do you play this very often? I don't think I have this particular combo in any decks. Although I'm not... I played in cube. How many decks do you have total? 34. So 34 decks, he doesn't have it in one. I have 25 decks. I think I have this. I have a whole breacher and an R set and two wheels in one deck out of my 25. So it's not something that DJ and I personally want our opponents to necessarily experience most of the time. But I think knowing about the cards and the pieces will help you. If you see an R set or a whole breacher hit the table, it's not just what it's doing to you. It's what it could do to you and probably will if they draw the other part of this synergy. So watch out for it. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to the next been a long time i remember you weren't very good at throwing the paper you, you let's see I how was, you do i was great at throwing the paper <laughs> oh no i oh, had, a, I had an art form of throwing oh. the paper <laughs> you bruised me right immediately <laughs> unless you were trying to throw it to yourself which would that was actually a trick shot i like uh yeah we're gonna go with that <laughs> we're gonna go with that okay all right uh the next synergy we're calling no more spells i've definitely had this happen to me a few times this is a brutal one 
It's a good one too. Yeah, it's a really good one. I, I like mean, it too. I like it because it's so like rules technical. And this is one reason why we're explaining it to you because you look at it on like in front of you and someone explains it to you and you're like, mm, what? No, like it doesn't make sense as like, much. Wait, yeah. Wait, why can't I do that? Because it deals with such technical elements of the rules that uh, sometimes it can kind of go over a lot of our heads unless you literally go on like judge forms, which is what I did. You go on the internet <laughs> and you're like, Hey judge, explain this to me, please. I mean, let's be honest. All the cards we're about to talk about are as chock full with text as you could possibly fit on magic cards. Every single one of them is like full as much text as you could fit in the text box. As chock full of text as Kaldheim. Yeah. Okay. So there are, <laughs> Two different teferis, ironically. I guess it's not ironic that they do the same thing. It makes sense. Uh, that have sort of similar abilities that are the first part of this synergy. So Teferi Mage of Zalfir is a legendary creature with flash. Five mana. It says, creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield have flash. So it's sort of a mini Vidalcan Orrery, but that's not the important part. The important part is it says, each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. So your opponents are just stuck at sorcery speed, doesn't matter what they have in their hand. This is a ver- there's another version of this effect on Teferi Time Raveler. Sorry, did you have something to say about Major Which, by the way, no, but same, go through this one and I'll explain. Okay. Teferi Time Raveler is a uh, three-mana Planeswalker, has a couple of abilities that don't matter for this synergy. It has a static ability, though, and that's what's important. And it says, each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. So the same as Teferi Mage of Zalfir. So that uh, that thing that constrains your opponents to only casting things at sorcery speed works very... Uh, I was going to say good, well, mean, with a couple of other cards. I'll let you read them, uh, DJ. Sure. Uh, Knowledge Pool. Thanks for letting me read this, by the way. Oh, yeah. Knowledge Pool is a six-mana artifact with uh, imprint. When Knowledge Pool enters the battlefield, each player exiles the top three cards of his or her library. Whenever a player casts a spell from his or her hand, that player exiles it. If the player does, he or she may cast another non-land card exiled with Knowledge Pool without paying that card's mana cost. It, it's much easier if I just explain it yeah. in general. Yeah. Basically, Knowledge Pool comes down and everyone's like, sweet, and they put the cards on top of their library under Knowledge Pool. Nobody says sweet, by the way. Okay, go. <laughs> it could be a fun, <laughs> this is a fun, like, chaosy card. It reads fun, but it's not. Yeah. Go. And then you ca- whenever you cast a spell, that spell doesn't get cast. It goes under Knowledge Pool, and then you get to look at the spells that are under there and cast one of those instead. Yeah, so you start out, let's say there's four players with 12 cards under Knowledge Pool. Some are lands, which you can't cast, but some amount of them are spells. You go to cast some other spell, you don't you don't cast the spell you cast, you cast one of the knowledge pool spells that was exiled earlier. Here's the problem. You have to cast that spell that you're casting off knowledge pool at instant speed because you have to cast it right now as a trigger. And Teferi says, no, you can only cast things at sorcery speed. So by definition, sorcery speed is in your main phase with nothing on the stack. Yep. It's that nothing on the, people understand main phase, but it's that nothing on the stack that oftentimes is that weird thing that gets into your head. And because knowledge pool is a trigger, the trigger is on the stack still. And so by definition, you are doing this effect at instant speed rather than sorcery speed. And so Teferi says, nah. So what, so what knowledge pool plus to either of the Teferis says is that only you can cast spells now. Because remember, Teferis both say your opponent's can only cast spells at sorcery speed. Doesn't say anything about you. You're still allowed to cast things at instant speed. So you go to cast your spell, you pick one of the cool spells that Knowledge Pool has got exiled, and you go, I'll take that one. But they don't get to do that. So you've just now said, hi, opponents. You don't get to cast spells for the rest of the game. So how do you get rid of Teferi or Knowledge Pool if you can't cast spells? It's very, very difficult. I think the Planeswalker is actually a little weaker here because it can be attacked. So at the very least, maybe they can get to it somehow. Uh, there's also another card that can kind of stand in for Knowledge Pool as well. It's not just, um, it's it's not like a one, one combo piece, synergy piece. It's another weird six mana artifact. <laughs> All right, it's called... <laughs> Omen Machine. Do you want to read it or you want me to? Go for it. You can You can do the next weird six-mana okay. artifact. Okay. Yeah. Six-mana artifact <laughs> says players can't draw cards. I don't like it already. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player exiles the top card of his or her library. If it's a land card, the player puts it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, the player may cast... Or sorry, the player casts it without paying its mana cost, if able. What phase are you in right now? You've got the Omen Machine trigger on the stack. You're in your... Uh, draw step. So you're not in your main phase. You're not in your main phase. So you're already like can't cast sorceries right now. But it's what it's trying to do is say, oh, if it's a land, then you just put it directly into play. And then if it's a spell, you have to cast it now. But 
Teferi says, ah, 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 you can't cast spells at anything but sorcery speed. So Omen Machine is the same thing, says, hi, opponents, you can't cast spells anymore. Only I can. Tell you what, you better have some creature lands in your deck. <laughs> and hope, that it's, this game and is hope it's the Planeswalker Teferi. <laughs> I know, right? Because if it's the creature Teferi. <laughs> just race Teferi. Oh, no, there you go. Work. <laughs> just race them with your kissing quagmire. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some other Knowledge Pool Omen Machine combos as well. So you don't just have to have Teferi, one of the Teferis. There are a couple other effects that will also combo with these two. Uh, and this doesn't deal with timing restrictions like Teferi. Instead, yeah. it ha- deals with casting things for free or casting... Where you're in- casting things from. Yeah, exactly. So Dranith Magistrate, uh, Lavinia, Azorius Renegade, uh, both of those limit... Do you want to read some of them? Yeah, Dranith Magistrate is just a two mana, one, three, and white, but it says your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. So Knowledge Pool, you're casting it from Exile under Knowledge Pool, and Omen Machine... Also, you are exiling that card, right? And then either putting the player or casting it. So you're not technically casting it from your hand. So Dranith Magistrate says you can't cast any of that stuff. Uh, Lavinia also says each opponent can't cast non-creature spells with converted mana cost greater than the number of lands that player controls. That doesn't matter. But it says whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. Knowledge Pool and Omen Machine both only let them cast things without spending mana. So Guile. You can cast Guile or things that can't be countered. There you go. There we go. We broke it. We broke it. This is how you get around it. So one of the things about this is that actually all the creatures and the planeswalkers that we mentioned, those are actually really good on their own. They're great hate bears, like Adranith Magistrate shuts down commanders and does all sorts of stuff. You know, Teferi, like playing a flash Teferi in and flashing all your stuff in is great. Preventing your opponents from casting counter spells or doing stuff on your turn is awesome. That's half the combo that's just really solid. One reason is this other half, you know? Yeah, I think that's a, probably one of the reasons we don't see it as much, which is good, because, uh, you know, it's not fun to not be able to cast your spells. This is not something I want to see a lot. Uh, it, but I think it is because Knowledge Pool and Omen Machine, they're pretty niche. They're, they're not, like, they don't synergize with a bunch of strategies. Like, if you have these other four cards in your deck, maybe it is worth it to put these in if you want to be mean and that's the type of power level you're playing at. Mm-hmm. But in general, you wouldn't put Knowledge Pool in very many decks. Own Machine doesn't go in very many decks. It's so weird because it's either like super mean combo or very weird, dirtily like fun commander card. Kind of fun commander card, right? Omen Machine. Yeah. Just like Omen you just machine, cast yeah. whatever whatever's off the top. It's just yeah. like cast it. Boom. You get to cast it. You get to cast it. Same thing with like uh, the other one, you know, knowledge just pool. Knowledge Pool. You know, just everyone gets to share. It's a strategy thing because if you want to board wipe, you're like, okay, I'm going to cast this board, board wipe, wipe. And you cast it on your and turn, And then please. you cast, can you then cast something and then you can cast the board wipe? It's weird. It's a, It changes uh, the dynamic of magic. Knowledge Pool is actually quite good if you have a lot of low cost CMC spells in your deck because now you're spending one mana to cast something from the middle that's probably a lot more. Um, so it can be good, but yeah. I also think they're both six mana artifacts and a six mana do nothing artifact is just generally not a good card. Whereas a two drop hate bear is... You know, that's just a power. It's going to have a powerful effect. You know, we know the Gattic Teagues and those type of yeah. cards just have a powerful effect on the game, whereas a six-man artifact generally is a lot... It, the bar it has to clear to be playable in your deck is a lot higher. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's kind of good. Even though there's a lot of redundancy for the first part of this synergy, the second part of the synergy is sort of bad enough, narrow enough that we don't see this too often. So I, I hope they're careful in designing cards in the future because if they happen to accidentally make a knowledge pool omen machine equivalent that just is three or four mana, then this this could be pretty bad. Uh, especially if it's got other synergy going on. So just, you know, just just be careful out there, all you Gavin Verhees <laughs> of the world. <laughs> all Don't right. fly too close to the sun. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, let's go on to the next one, which is called, it's the third one, and it's called Triple Your Draw. It's almost like we planned it that way. Did we plan it that way? I did plan it that way. Man, what a smart guy this DJ is. I'm glad <laughs> to have him around. All right. So you've got some notes here, which says magic is a resource game. Every turn you draw a card and then every turn you play a land. But what happens if you were able to draw three cards a turn? This seems as if you're describing my dreams, DJ. (laughs) What is the combo, the synergy that will allow me to do this? This synergy is Sylvan Library. This is an old synergy, but a good one. It is. It's an older. It's an only. It's not as powerful as some of these other ones. But it's uh, awesome. But it's awesome. This and is one you can pull off at lower power levels. Totally. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because it, it doesn't also, feel mean. But and also it doesn't feel mean because it's just you drawing cards. You're not like shutting down everything your opponents are doing. Um, but also 
it both sides of these are good too. Yeah, yeah, know? both are good on their own. It's a little bit on the spendier side because Sylvan, know, Li- Sylvan right? Library, uh, they need to reprint it more. I don't know why they don't. Sylvan Library is one in a green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your draw step, you may draw two additional cards. If you do, choose two cards in your hand drawn this way, drawn this turn. For each of those cards, you may pay four life or put the card on top of your library. The reason why this combo works is because Sylvan Library is templated like a disaster. It's a train wreck <laughs> of a template. <laughs> like, but they would never do this now because no. you draw it, you put it into your hand, and then you have to like. It says you them. draw the cards. Where now they would say, "Look at the top three cards. Exactly. Choose one. Put the other two back." But this is old magic, so it's templated. You draw that, the card. That word "draw" is super important. By the way with Hole Breacher or with uh, Narset and stuff like that. This happened this, to me. That it, was, well, it was Brainstorm, but it's a similar templating where exactly. it's like you draw the cards and have to put two back, and I just had to put two back and not draw. Yeah, so technically you can draw uh, three cards a turn with Sylvan Library all by itself if you just want to pay eight life. Done. I'll take that deal. FYI, you should do that more often than you're doing it if you're playing Sylvan Library. Sure. I think it's probably technically wrong almost always to not draw at least two cards off Sylvan Library. Like... If, yeah. why, why are you playing it if you're not going to draw some cards off of it? You and if you don't, a lot of shuffle if you don't like the cards, then you should be drawing them to get to the cards you will like. And if you like the cards, you should be drawing them because you like the cards. Okay, done. Done with that part. So <laughs> what's the second part of the combo that allows me to, without paying the life, draw these cards? Absolutely. The card is Abundance. It's also an enchantment. Two green green. Uh, if you would draw a card, you may instead choose land or non-land and reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a card of the chosen kind. Put that card into your hand and put all other cards revealed this way on the bottom of your library in any order. So what we essentially do is we replace our draws with this other cool thing, which is like showing it off until we hit the land or the non-land. And because we're replacing our draws, we no longer have to follow all the rules of Sylvan Library, like paying life and putting it back and stuff like that. We're saying, oh, no, no, we're not doing that. We're replacing it with the abundance ability. And yeah, this and is I think great. That the important part with abundance is it never says you draw the cards. It says put that card into your hand, mm-hmm. which is not drawing the card. So you go, Sylvan Library, I got three draw triggers. That's three abundance replacement effects. I'm going to say land, flip, 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 find a land. I'm not going to draw it. I'm going to put it into my hand, which my lawyers have told me is a loophole that gets around the drawing card part. So, and then I say creature, and then I say, or whatever I say, I say non-land, sorry, um, twice. I probably say non-land three Isn't times. Isn't amazing that you is. just get non-land, non-land, non-land? Like, if you need lands, you get it. Yeah, you and never... And if you don't, like, you never, you never have to... You only get gas. You only get what you Whatever want. You if you're want. missing land drops, you get the land. And if you're not missing land drops, you don't get lands, yeah. It's better than drawing three cards. <laughs> so... This is an old combo that I haven't seen in a long time. And it, it, as we talk about it now, I'm like, man, I need to put that back in some decks. Because <laughs> I guarantee you have Sylvan Library. Oh, yeah. Oh, a million. Yeah. Just throw abundance a million. in there. I have three Sylvan Libraries in my collection, but I have all three in decks. <laughs> Another thing that's really great is that these are enchantments. And so they're a little bit more difficult to interact with. You yep. know? Uh, for example, a Consecrated Sphinx. That can draw way more than three cards in a single you know, commander game. But how often does a Consecrated Sphinx just immediately die? Untap before my draw step. I'm going to kill Every these color can get rid of a creature, whereas enchantments like red and black just have a real hard time with it, and blue has a tough time with it, too. Mm-hmm. I do like this get around the draw thing, too, because it's actually very important against the Narsets and the whole breachers yeah. of the world. If people are doing stuff like that, it works against the Nekusars. So there's a whole bunch of effects that Notion Thieves, they care about you drawing cards, and this actually circumvents that part of it. So that's also just good, even if you just have abundance uh, out, it can help you sort of get around some of these effects that people are, we know are using more and more. Abundance could just be like a very powerful scry, essentially. Yeah. Think about it that way, that you all are always drawing action. Yep. Uh, a, a really cool synergy. I like this one a lot because uh, I won't feel guilty for putting it into my decks. Yeah. One of the only ones on this list. It doesn't stop anybody <laughs> from doing anything. All right. All right. So that wasn't the most powerful synergy, but uh, on the list, it's a, still a very powerful one. We do have a number coming up after the break that are very powerful and in fact, one of them's probably the most powerful one on the whole list, and there's a whole b- bunch of different ways to do it. How's that for a tease? Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. We are talking about the most powerful synergies in Commander. We got our friend DJ Jumbo, Jumbo Commander. Man, it is really good to have you back. It's great to be back. We missed you around here. We used to see DJ a lot because he would just come over to play Commander, but obviously for the last year... Remember playing Commander? Oh, yeah. Uh. In, like like this? Yeah, not like... Like this? Hey, what are you, wait, what's that called? <laughs> Can you put that in the middle of your play mat, please? Uh, okay, sorry. People have bad microphones. Um, all right. The next synergy up is called... Uh, oh, boy, this is mean. You don't need permanence. That's what the synergy is called. Josh, do you like having permanence? Yeah, I think this is not true. I do need permanence. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not you can still have cards you can still draw cards though yeah oh just, okay just, all right just I'm, no good. Permanence. I'm cool then. Okay. i'm cool yeah uh, <laughs> so um basically there are a few combinations that you can put together which basically will continually wipe the battlefield uh and the first part of this combo uh is actually pretty strong in its own right it's just making all your stuff indestructible uh, so cards that do la- that are like uh, Avacyn, Angel of Hope, or Darksteel Forge that makes all, all your artifacts indestructible. Um, you can even do it with instants, you know, like Boros Charm has that yeah. middle ability for only two mana that can make all your stuff indestructible. Yeah, for a one-off effect, yeah. you know, you could yeah. get permanence after that. won't that. wrap the board every turn, yeah. obviously, yeah. Um, well, what makes you wrap the board every turn is a wonderful little card called Navineral's Disc. Nev's Disc. It's an oldie but a goodie. This yeah. is another really card that has an old templating to it, uh, which impacted the way that it plays. Basically, Navineral's Disc has you pay one and tap it to destroy all artifacts, creatures, enchantments. Yep. Not Planeswalkers, because they weren't around. Um, so that's one thing that you get around. But also, it doesn't have you sacrifice the disc. Well, because why would it? It's destroying all artifacts. It's Of course, it's going to just destroy itself. What a clean way to design a card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need the sacrifice on there. It's superfluous. <laughs> That's why this is this only works at some of these older cards. If you have these new artifact-based board wipes or creature-based board wipes, they'll have you sacrifice that creature uh, or that artifact in order to gain the board wipe effect. Because uh, the, getting around the, the indestructible. Because learned. They were like, oh, that was a mistake. Let's fix that. Exactly. So if all your stuff is indestructible, you just tap your Nev's disc and then blow everything else up. All your stuff remains. And then next turn, you can untap your disc and do it all over again. Every turn. Yeah. This is a pretty brutal one. I've, I've been on the other side of this a couple of times only in my entire Commander career. But you just can't stick anything on the board. It's not the game is over, though, because if you destroy the disc... Or sorry, destroy the thing that's making the thing undestructible, then they can't keep doing it. And we have so, a lot of exile effects yeah. uh, in our decks. And we've gotten a lot more exile artifact effects, too. Uh, I had an Avacyn Angel of Hope deck, and um, I had this combo in it. You know, so and this is something I would do, and it was not a full lockout. A lot yeah. of times, people would just sandbag their stuff. I'd attack with an angel, and then bam, it'd be swords to plushers, and the game would start up again. Yeah, or a good way, sort of, to get them if they have this synergy in play is to hold your bouncer removal, your exile removal, until they activate the disc, and then in response to the disc excavation bouncer remove their uh, indestructible grantor and then all of a sudden they are blowing up their whole board plus the disc and that's a good way to sort of use their board wipe to even out their playing field Um, but it is very powerful you can't pull that off because it doesn't take very many rotations of the table where you're wrathing everybody and you're not getting wrathed for you to win the game like it's just very hard to come back from that more than once Uh, all right let's talk about the next most powerful synergy this one is called steal their draw step this is, I think this is one of the meanest and I love it so much. This one's super mean. I've only read about this one. I've never had it actually I've happen. never had it happen to me either. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, uh, well, good on us because I do not want this to happen to me. <laughs> uh, the, the pieces let's talk about here. One is an old card that was made very much a lot better by a, a new card. I'll read the old card. Okay. It's Marilyn of the Morn Song. One black black for a two three legendary elf wizard. So it can be your commander. And if this somebody's playing this as their commander, you got to watch out for this synergy. Uh, Marilyn says players can't draw cards. Your favorite text. Boy, that's coming up a lot today too. <laughs> uh, also says at the beginning of each player's dr- uh, draw step, 
That player loses three life, searches his or her library for a card, puts it into his or her hand, then shuffles his or her library. So at the beginning of each player's draw step, they get to tutor for three life. How nice of you. You're grim tutoring me for free every single turn, and I'm your opponent. Thank and you. you get to do it first, right? Because I play Marilyn, and it's not the beginning of my draw step. So it's going to, the whole table is going to get to do this before I get to do it. You're right. So I can just tutor for exactly what I need or yeah. kill your Marilyn or whatever. Right. Just, uh, yeah, tutor, tutor okay. for removal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how can this go horribly, horribly wrong for everybody, though? Well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a new card that interacts with your opponents searching their libraries. Yeah, it's, it's from called, Commander Legends. It's called Opposition Agent. Ugh. Two and a black for a 3-2 human rogue with flash. You control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. While an opponent is searching their library, uh, they exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast them. I'm smiling. This is so amazing. So you play these two cards, and then you pass the turn. And instead of Josh tutoring whatever he wants, he loses three life for me to take anything from his deck and it's mine now <laughs> you're just revealing your soul to everyone dj <laughs> smiling about this this degenerate degenerate synergy yeah this is brutal uh i've been opposition agented i haven't had the maryland how did, how did thing it feel how did it, it feel? feels horrible <laughs> it happened to me on a fetch land a couple times that feels bad enough but if it's like a real card where they steal the best card out of your deck not only is it that they get to cast it it's also just exiled from your deck. So it's a good way to just remove important pieces from your opponent's decks, even if you're not like planning to cast it, although you should probably take something you are going to cast. It, for me, I think it happened on fetch lands a couple times, which sucks because you lose your land and then they play your land for as their land, which is it feels horrible. But it's really bad even if they just get your soul ring, right? Yeah. Like that is the worst. You're just like, I don't have soul ring in my deck and they just mega, mega ramp themselves. And also whatever I did to tutor myself, that was like, I just wasted that card. I just lit it on fire. And Marilyn is even worse because you are forcing them to tutor. It's great. It's not a may. <laughs> you just have to do it. You will pay three life too. It's not great. <laughs> We're the two it's sides. Not, of it's it. very, it's very, very mean. <laughs> it's very mean, but it's, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, so yeah, the opposition agent we've talked about on the show before, just, it's generally just a really good card. Would you put Marilyn of the Mourn Song in a deck just because Opposition Agent was in it, though? Or do you just have to have Marilyn as your commander and your whole deck's kind of built around this idea before you would run this particular combo? I, I think that you would need it because, look, I'm a connoisseur of braids, conjure, you know, yeah, yeah. of braids where you basically give your opponent something before you get something back. Uh, and it's very difficult. And when you're literally giving your opponents a tutor, it's not good. Like you're not going to be able to go the full round of the table for you to be able to get your own value. It's going to be really, really difficult. Um, and you, you can better, play a little table call politics. If it's an arch enemy, you'd be yeah. like, Hey, listen, I, I can't, I don't have a board wipe, but I can find the way for you to find it. But if they're going to wipe the board, then your Maryland's going to be gone by the time you get back to you. So that's not great. It's anything in their deck. Yeah. You better hope that your deck is better than theirs. And Even then. Yeah. I think there are some other cards that are similar to Maryland, but they don't work with Opposition Agent necessarily in the same way. So there's Ashiok Dream Render, mm -hmm. but that only cares if your opponents, um, you can't force them to tutor and then get, just because the way that Ashiok is uh, is worded, if if you force them to tutor, you don't stop the tutor. They have to be using their own spells and abilities to tutor. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff like Scheming Symmetry, which allows two people, you tutor and then you pick one of your opponents to tutor. We saw it on the last game nights. Um, that works really well with Opposition Agent. So that's a card I could see playing and sort of like a piece of this synergy instead of Marilyn, if you have a deck that already has Opposition Agent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Opposition Agent just is a, very powerful card and it's kind of a little bit of a mean card in its own right it's a too. lot bit of a mean card yeah so i think it just it you just have to be in a play group where the decks are just going to be up in the eight range i think in our play group if somebody just had a one-off opposition agent opposition agent in their deck and wasn't doing like a crazy mean synergy like this i think it would be fine like i think we'd be like oh that hurts but it wouldn't be like how dare you play that card what do you think of an even mind sensor yeah exactly I think, you're fine with an even mind sensor yeah. right and yeah. this is very well is better than that, but it's, oh, it's, it's much better yeah. than that. But like the, the idea of interrupting tutoring, I actually like that. I, I'm a little bit yeah. sad actually that opposition agent was so powerful. I would have liked it a lot more if it just shut down tutoring rather than you being so over the top, amazing and, and de devastating to the other opponent, because 
tutoring is something that is really powerful. And a lot of times expensive decks are using it. And, and, you know, sometimes you give a little idiot bird to the, you know, to the underdog and they can bird you out of your demo- expensive demonic tutor or your expensive mana base full of fetch lands and stuff like that. I mean, all basically every single one of the most powerful decks in the format is reliant on tutors to find certain things. So I don't mind like having a counter, a silver bullet against tutors, but I agree with you. Opposition agent is just too pushed in too many other directions, unfortunately, also in the wrong color. Okay, we're going off on a tangent here. It is still a very powerful synergy uh, if you're going to run opposition agent plus Marilyn as your commander or something like that. Let's talk about the next most powerful synergy, uh... This is a little bit of a new one. I've seen one of these cards. I mean, I've seen both of these cards in play, but I don't think I've ever seen them together. So the first one is, well, it's a weird card. See what I did there? I did. (laughs) All right, go for it. Zer's Weirding. Uh, Three and a blue for an enchantment. Players play with their hands revealed. Well, that's just annoying. (laughs) Not a fan of telepathy? No, because it just takes forever to, <laughs> for anybody to do anything because they got to check everybody's hands first. Okay, go. If a player would draw a card, he or she reveals it instead, then any other player may pay two life. If a player does, put that card into its owner's graveyard. Otherwise, you can draw the card. So basically, any player can stop a player from drawing their card, any card they were going to draw by just paying two life. Two life. Yeah. So you... What are you going to draw there, Josh? Yeah, most of the time you just life. stop the non-lands, <laughs> right? It's, and it doesn't say, oh, then they draw the next card instead or something. No, they just don't. That was it. They were going to draw it, then they didn't, and that's it. They don't get another try at it. Uh, so there's weirding I've seen out. It's pretty brutal. It is symmetrical, too. Yeah. So like they, they can do it to, to you. They can do it to you. Yeah. It, it, it actually turns the game into a brutal slugfest of slowly draining it out, and your life totals become so low that finally you have to be really stingy with where you, where you pay your two life. And... I like that it breaks the rules of magic, but it is a miserable card. <laughs> it's yeah. The telepathy part is miserable where you can see everybody's hands. Cause like I said, there's just a lot of thinking that has to occur. Uh, but I have seen it as kind of a lock down the game so that I can maintain my lead type of card. Mm-hmm. Gaddick T works in similar ways. People will use those weird randomization red cards to do kind of similar things too. So I've seen it used in that respect and it can be very powerful where it's like, listen, I'm going to play this card and what this card tends to do is make it so the game grinds to a halt. Nobody draws anything new because everybody just pays to life in, until they see a land and they go, well, you can have the land. And then, or otherwise they just don't let you draw. And so that just means you're working with the resources you have and everybody can see everything. So there's no surprises. Um, so that part of it, Zero's Weirding can be good if you're in a deck that's like, I'm going to get ahead and then I'm going to use this to sort of lock the game. But there are definitely ways to abuse Zero's Weirding. Uh, you know, imagine that if when you paid the life for Zero's Weirding, you just got the life back. That would mean you could just, with impunity, stop everyone from drawing for the rest of the game. Basically, yeah. right? Well, what card would do that? That's your cue, DJ. Oh, it's my cue. <laughs> Blood Chief Ascension. This is another card that you've probably seen oh, around. Yeah. I've died to it, but not with this combo. A single black for an enchantment. At the beginning of each end step, if an opponent lost two or more life this turn, you can put a quest counter on Blood Chief Ascension. Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, if Blood Chief Ascension has three or more quest counters on it, you may have that player lose two life. If you do, you gain two life. So now, if Blood Chief Ascension is active, it'll get active. Um, then, it, Well, doing this activates it. Yeah, seriously. Uh, then you will just pay the life. They'll discard the card, and Blood Chief Ascension will be like, aha, a card was discarded. You lose two life, and I will gain two life. So the two life I just paid, I get it right back. And I've drained you. So every card you draw, you will then lose two life, and the game will end relatively quickly. Yeah, one of the ways out from under Zero's Weirding is to play something like Consecrated Sphinx, Ristic Study. Your commander. Yeah. So, well, something that draws you so many cards that they just cannot oh, pay yeah. the two life. So you're like, oh, this thing's going to draw me 10 cards. Are you going to pay 20 life? Like a Windfall or Wheel of Fortune yeah. or something like that? But with this Blood Chief Ascension thing, well, that uh, doesn't even work necessarily. I think you would have to get into something really weird where you draw like 20 cards all at once. Would that work? Do you know, just ab- abundance, you know? Yep. Just Well, okay. So yeah, <laughs> let's talk about ways that if you're playing the Zero's Weirding that... Um, because it's a symmetrical effect, like you said, but there are ways to get around you yourself drawing cards so that you take away the ability for your opponent to pay the two life so you don't draw. 
because uh, again, you know you have Zer's Weirding in your deck, so maybe you should build uh, some things to sort of um, what, inoculate yourself a from workarounds. it. Yeah. So there's a brand new card that just got revealed from Strixhaven, and it actually interacts really well with Zer's Weirding. You want to read it? Professor Onyx. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole card. It's the brand new Liliana Planeswalker. Uh, but basically, She's posing as a professor, I guess. I she guess looks pretty yeah. awesome. she looks awesome. Yeah. Would you Would you enjoy Professor Liliana? I don't think I probably would. She, she, she seems like <laughs> she seems like she'd be a pretty stern teacher. Seems pretty smart though. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, basically the plus one says you lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Yep, you don't draw it. So she is uh, getting around that. Zer's Weirding. There's also, I'm not going to read them all, but there's Tomorrow, a zombie's familiar, Alrund from Kaldheim, God of the Cosmos, Abundance, which we just talked about, Necropotence is another card mm. that puts cards in exile and then into your hand, but you do not draw them. So there are ways for you to sort of loophole the system with Zer's Weirding. Yeah, so as the moral of the story here, try out Zer's Weirding. Don't try it out. It's annoying. It really does elongate a game. Like we have a complaint that sometimes commander games take too long. When no one can draw a card and you slowly pay two life every single time you go around the table, it, it does grind the game to a halt. And so you might not enjoy the, the gameplay experience of Zer's Weirding. If you see a Zer's Weirding come out or it's on the stack and you have a counterspell, you probably want to get rid of it though because mm-hmm. probably your opponent is smart and they've built their deck so that Zer's Weirding is good in it, not just doing what is, what's on face value. They're going to have ways to draw cards that get around it uh, like this, you know, probably not Liliana yet. <laughs> they probably don't have it. I don't... Okay, anyway. Uh, but they probably have Abundance or Necropotence or something like that. If you want to play a version of Zer's Weirding that's nowhere near as powerful, try Sin Prodder. Uh, it'll draw you an extra card and it'll put it to your opponents about who wants to take this damage. And so uh, it's just kind of like a, a just cheap easy red way of maybe drawing a few extra cards, but like playing with this card for life is kind of mechanic. All right. We've got one more most powerful synergy to go. And I think it's probably the one I've seen the most. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different ways you can go at it. And I think it's probably the most powerful on the list. Uh, It's up there anyway. Okay. It's called one-sided Armageddon's. Well, that's that. That's not something that it, people like. <laughs> you don't. You don't have lands. We, we don't like Armageddon's in general. Yeah. Like mass land destruction is is taboo. Yeah. But then suddenly we're okay with just destroying your lands. <laughs> yeah, I keep mine. It's one sided. You don't get yours. <laughs> in some ways, I do prefer that to just no one has lands though, because it's like, well, at least you're gonna win. Pretty. It doesn't qu- elongate the game. Pretty like, quickly. Yeah. Like basically, like if if you guys have no lands and I'm like, okay, my deck's working totally normally, would you scoop? I mean, I, prob- I probably will. If it's like, because you're going to have like seven or eight and all your yeah. whole board, right? Game and I've over. Got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a game once where somebody Armageddon with an Ulamog out and that's all they had, right? It was like right after a board wipe and then comes to their turn. They go, well, I have an Ulamog and you, you, you all have nothing. So I'm just going to Armageddon here. Do you scoop? And I go, no, because I go, it goes to my turn and I played my land for turn, tapped it and put out a Meek Stone. Ooh, good one. Yeah, that game lasted like five more hours because we all had to like draw back up, play our land, start the game again with his Ulamog that could never untap. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, okay. So one-sided Armageddon's though are a way to make it so that you play an Armageddon-like effect and there's really only a couple. Uh, Red has a lot actually. Um, But you protect your board or make it so that it only affects your opponent. So the most common one that I've seen anyway is you play Armageddon and then you also have, it's kind of similar to, what was that other? Nev- Nev's Disc. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Nev- the Nev's Disc. Where you play in Armageddon, but you simultaneously have a way to protect your board. So you have the Avacyn Angel of Hope, which makes all your uh, permanents indestructible. Or you have the Boros Charm. You play the Boros Charm. Uh, and Boros Charm has three modes, but the middle mode is permanence you control gain indestructible until end of turn. Or you have something like Teferi's Protection. So Armageddon on the stack, maintain priority. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm out of here. My lands are not on the table right now when this Armageddon goes off. So that's kind of the first way, and I think the most common way I've seen it. Mm -hmm. But there are other ways now, and in fact, a a new card or two that has made it. So there are other ways to take advantage of Armageddon. There's Armageddon plus what I'm calling a board renewer. So these are cards like Cosmic Intervention or Faith's Reward that say, oh, well, everything I have lost this turn just comes back. So Cosmic Intervention does this in a way where it said, if a permanent you control would be put into a graveyard from the battlefield this turn, you exile it instead and then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So you Armageddon with that on the stack, 
you cosmic intervention, or you, I guess you could just cosmic intervention beforehand. Um, and this has foretell for like two mana as well. Mm -hmm. And then you let the Armageddon resolve and all your stuff would go to the graveyard, but instead it gets exiled and comes back on the next end step. And I'm just noticing it doesn't even come back tapped. So it's all your lands cool. will be untapped after that. Yeah. I like which that. is pretty good. Fake uh, reward does sort of a similar yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes you don't even have to destroy all of your opponent's lands if you just like make them not work. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, Karn, the great creator, basically makes it so that artifacts don't work. It says activated, it's a four mana planeswalker, activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. And a card called Mycosynth Lattice makes everything an artifact. Mm. So basically Karn, the great creator says, yeah, all those artifacts over there, those lands and those creatures too, they just don't work. Yeah, uh, tapping a land for mana is an activated ability. Karn probably should have, should have said, Besides mana abilities, which a lot of cards mm -hmm. do say, but Karn does not say that. Yeah, if you see a Karn the Great Creator in your commander game, you got to be really worried about it because there's a whole mode on this that's important that is irrelevant in commander. There's a really good search function that works in 60 card formats really well where you can search your sideboard for some piece of artifact tech. Commander, that doesn't work. So if they're playing Karn, they're playing a card that has a mode on it that is literally not working. So they're playing it for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. They probably have their Mycosynth Lattice thing going on and they're going to try and drop that or cheat it out as soon as possible. So don't let Karn the Great Creator sit around on the table. For sure. Uh, speaking of Mycosynth Lattices, if you're making all of your opponent's things artifacts, uh, there's a card called Vandal Blast. Oh boy. Because it, oh yeah, overload is your opponent's control, it's right? It's just your opponent's control. You overload Vandal Blast and so then it just destroys all of your opponent's artifacts and... Which is everything with Mycosynth out. Yeah, it's everything. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> so we're, we're taking Armageddon to mean not just the card Armageddon, but just the idea of destroying or turning off everybody's lands, right? Uh, so there's also, also ways to turn all the lands into creatures. And then there are a lot of cards that'll kill creatures, right? Like there's not very many cards that kill all lands. A lot of cards that kill all creatures. Or specifically, you want to get rid of your opponent's creatures, right? Well, let's imagine that you play, I don't know, Natural Affinity or Living Plane. One of these cards that turns all lands on the battlefield into either 2-2s two or 1-1s, one something like that. There's a bunch in Magic's history that do it. Yeah. It, it does yours too most of the time. But then what if you were to play a card like Elish Norn? This is brutal. I've had this happen to me. So all your creatures get plus two, plus two. All your opponent's creatures get negative two, negative two, which effectively makes all your lands three threes or four fours, but all their lands dead. Have you had that happen to you? I, I, I have Craig's done it. done it to me. I have done it <laughs> Maybe you did to other me. people. Maybe you I, have, I, use, I use Massacre Worm. Yeah, okay. Well, in boy. my lands deck. Because that'll I, just kill them. Yes, because often the Massacre Worm will, if I turn everything, all the lands into creatures, then I can do a big alpha strike with all my lands. That's kind of fun too. But then every so often you can just Massacre Worm and then not only will it one-sided Armageddon all your opponents, but they're going to take two damage for each land that enter that dies. Yeah, for each creature that dies. For each too. creature that dies, So yeah. even if they have other creatures that die, and then a lot of times that'll just they'll just murk them. They'll be, they'll be gone a lot yeah. of times. And then they're dead anyway because they just don't have any lands. So that's another way. Uh, a thing I like to do, I like to do, <laughs> I outed myself a little there. A thing that I think is very powerful, and I've talked about it a few times on the show, but not for a while. So there's a card, card called Jorail, Empress of Beasts. This is the original Jorail, not the new one. Three green green for a three three has an activated ability, and this is a legendary creature. You can pay two and a green and tap and discard two cards. So hefty price, mm -hmm. but until end of turn, all lands target player controls are three three creatures that are still lands. All lands target player controls. So I use this a lot in decks that want to commit to the board pretty heavily, and then I'll get to the point where I'm ahead on board and I have Jorel, and I say to anybody, listen, if you board wipe, I'm going to turn all your lands into creatures. And you will immediately, you're, you're going to board wipe your lands away now too. So then it's like, okay, do you want to save the table and die yourself? And you can also proactively do this, of course, where you could have your own board wipe when it's on the stack, just turn all their lands into creatures. And it's basically like taking one player out of the game. I, I like it as board insurance. More often, the threat is a little bit better than that because you don't actually want to do this because you have to discard two cards and all the, mm -hmm. the rest. But, you know, you can use it both ways, which makes it very powerful. I also like uh, Kamal Fist of Krosa, yep. which does something similar. Uh, it's just one green to activate a land. And so you do have to keep some green up to have this threat work out. But if someone board wipes, you're like, look, I got five green here. You're going to lose five lands if you board wipe. Yep. It's a really good threat. Yeah. So you may board wipe and reset me and everything, but you there's no way you can win now, right? Because yeah. almost no game of commander on turn like eight, nine, ten, if you lose five lands, are you still going to win? For sure. 
yeah, this is a very powerful thing to do and mostly mean I think some of these scenarios are a little bit more acceptable than others like the Joe Rail scenario your Kamal scenario like I think those are more reasonable in that you're saying hey listen if you take action against me then this will be the repercussions this is not something I'm proactively doing Um, proactively doing it's going to sort of uh, there's going to be a different response I think from from the table if it's like okay but then you just came after my lands I wasn't actually doing anything super mean to you and you destroyed all. like if you if there was a card that just said destroy all of target players lands that would just be a mean card that most people oh would my play. gosh yeah especially yeah. target player it's yeah. just like you <laughs> go get us all a drink <laughs> I would have blood feud against whoever did that to me for like forever if that happened um, oh man all right so obviously some of these are pretty tough to defend against. Uh, these one-sided Armageddons and and these synergies in general, I would say, I think they're tougher to defend against if most of it exists in your hand. So that's why Hole Breacher and Wheels are so so tough and and so mean is because the flash ability on Hole Breacher makes oh it so hard to see coming. They can flash it in on the end step before their turn and then be casting the wheel on their turn, and your window of opportunity to interact with it is so much smaller. Narset feels a lot more fair to me because it's just a lot harder to get her into play at sorcery speed or sorry, at instant speed so that A, at least we have one rotation of the table to try and get rid of it unless they just have six mana and can do it now, which that is also mean, but six mana is a lot harder than three mana. Um, so that that also can mean Armageddon plus Boros Charm is a lot harder to interact with because it's all in your hand. Again, it's six mana, but still, they don't get to see any of the pieces. I mean, Elish Norn Living Plane. Like, yeah, that's, that's a lot of mana to pull off. So it's like when that happens, I think that is a component in how salty people get or how much it upsets them, um, is when something happens... If you spent 10 mana to do it, it's kind of hard to get too upset because it's like, well, you just play Expropriate and you'll probably win the game too. Uh, but if it doesn't feel like it's that I had a reasonable chance to stop it in any way. Like there not much of the game has gone by or whatever. I think people get a little more salty in that case. Now, Josh, here's a question. Do some of these really mean synergies make you saltier than someone that just wins the game? Kiki Jiki, zealous conscripts, you know, or, you know, draw my deck. That's Oracle. What, what do you think do what makes you saltier? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of these actually do because winning the game is not that losing the game. Sorry. It's not that big a deal. A lot of times, uh, because we just get to shuffle up and play again and somebody was going to win. And I think some of these get you in a position, like I said, Narset and Wheels is particularly bad, I think, or Hull Breacher and Wheels, because it is unclear at the moment it happens that they're actually 100% going to win. It's They definitely got themselves in a high percent chance to win, but it's enough in doubt that you kind of have to play it out. And having to play it out uh, is annoying because you're still probably going to lose, but you kind of can't just concede if you have a 10% chance to win a game, right? You have to keep going because you have a 10% chance. Yeah. Yeah, you feel the same way? I, I do. I would rather keep going because like, it feels like you need to give your deck a chance. You need to play it out, you know? But you I can't mean, go. You can't get a 90% win and then just be like, oh, I'll just give it to you. Right. Yeah, because you're just giving up too much win equity over the course of, like, playing a bunch of games. But, I mean, do you think that, like, combos that just win the game can often be less salt-inducing than these synergies? Yeah, honestly, I'm not worried about... If you have a combo that wins the game, it doesn't bother me. Right. It's just like, let's play again. Right. As long as I knew going in that was the type of game we were playing. Yeah. If I'm playing with a pre-con or, like, low level Uh, or something. Yeah. Uh, But this stuff can be more more frustrating, uh, even if you know what kind of game you're going into, if you're in a, like, we usually play in the seven range, right? We don't play a lot of this really mean stuff. We have decks that have it and we'll say like last game of the night, everybody pull out their mean stuff or, Hey, you guys want to play a game with the mean decks? Yeah, let's do that. But we don't do that as default. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody pulled out one of these synergies in that kind of game, I'm, it, it, it would probably be a little bit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, Wait okay. a second, I brought out my dinosaur deck and you're not yeah. wailing me? It's Come like, on. all right, I, guess what I drew? Yeah. Another dinosaur. I just would have played <laughs> a different deck. It's not like, you know, it's not like, oh boy, you're a better magic player than me. It's just, you tricked me into playing the wrong deck here. That doesn't feel good, yeah. You opposition agented me? Fine, there's only dinosaurs in here. Yeah. Get your best dinosaur. <laughs> you're, not, you're not winning with my deck against me. <laughs> uh, so the next question, and we kind of already answered it, but we put it down here, which is, should you play these combos? And by you, I suppose we kind of mean us and the audience. I mean, I think it's fine to play these, and, and we just keep saying this over and over. And, you know, our show is really about not telling people how to play mm-hmm. Magic. There's CEDH players. There are really heavy casual players. There are all along the spectrum brand new players, uh, veteran players like us who have been playing for a long, long time and just keep ourselves to a certain power level because we find it more fun. Um, I think 
everything's fine and everything's valid and it's all about is everybody mostly on the same page before the game. Do you know what I think? I think you take everything that you would just said and apply that, but, and then give it a try. And I actually think that after you do it a couple times, you will get bored of it and want to do something cooler. Yeah, I actually agree. Yeah. Yeah. Once you win a specific way a couple times, it's uh, for me personally, isn't it's, it's like, eh, I did that. What else can I do? How many times can you crater hoof someone and right. I purposely <laughs> just don't play crater hoof in <laughs> yeah. a lot of decks because it's like, well, I know that does that, but I've done yeah. it a million times. Yeah. Um, all right. So even if you don't use these synergies, knowing they exist is important though, because you do want to defend against them. So uh, hopefully we helped everybody out there identify some things that could be going on. If you see certain cards, weird cards, like Xur's weirding, if you see knowledge <laughs> pool, hit the battlefield, bad stuff is coming. <laughs> Bad yeah, stuff. bad stuff is coming. Get rid of that card or tell of the table. Get your, Hold your counter spell up. Get your removal ready. This whole episode, Josh says it was about me, but it was Josh. I told saying, you so. I told you so. Listen to me. I told you so. <laughs> I, when you brought up this topic I, and the reason for it, I was like, yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> Validation. <laughs> All right. To the listeners. Um, so this is a cultivated list of powerful synergies, but the options are endless. There are a ton of synergies out there. What other really powerful synergies remember not combos so not stuff that immediately wins you the game but like interactions between two or three cards that are so powerful when they happen that they virtually guarantee a win or they're just really awesome like the abundance and sylvan library thing yeah for sure yeah let's uh, hear those in the comments down below would love to and then if you want to get your whole get your hand get your hold get your hands on any of the cards we talked about or really i would just say you probably need like regular counterspell chaos warp sorts of plowshares give just, them an elephant you know give them a yeah, generous there you gift go, generous you know there gift. you go yeah. she's got an elephant there you go uh, low cmc low mana value ways to interact with your opponent's stuff so you can stop these synergies you need to go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone you know you're gonna buy magic cards anyway you want these Strixhaven, the Strixhaven stuff that's coming out. Um, there's Commander decks with Strixhaven. There's Modern Horizons on the uh, right around the corner. There's uh, Kaldheim you and Time Spiral. Mas- you want oh, old bordered Time Spiral. You want Mastered old cards. bordered Tassiger or something. Actually, looks- just kidding. You don't want any of those. Don't don't buy them. It's, you just want I to want keep the price low. I want all of them. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, too late. Good uh, luck with that. Uh, <laughs> You want that old bordered foil young pyromancer that looks so sweet. I, yeah, I don't even care about bling much, but man, those old borders look sweet. Anyway, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That is the place to go to pick up all of your magic product singles, anything at all. And then when you get your hands on that foil old bordered time spiral remastered cards, they're very, very rare. You want them to keep uh, their value. Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro is the products that Jimmy and I trust our own collections to to keep our cards safe and in mint condition. Pro Glossy Clip sleeves, the inner sleeves uh, DJ was talking about that double sleeve your cards, especially for the super valuable stuff. Satin Towers are really going to keep your decks secure and safe. Play them on nice play mats. Just make sure that your cards stay in mint condition so they retain their value. Ultra Pro really does make the best stuff in the business to protect your game pieces. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of Magic DJ. I'm so glad you're here because (laughs) we do a lot of episodes and I run out of cool things. So uh, what you got for me? Uh, I have uh, a Netflix show that I enjoyed immensely. Uh, It is called We Are the Champions. Oh, I I think I saw an episode of this. Is this the one where they run down the hill? Oh, oh yes. Okay, so basically, uh, Rain Wilson is the narrator, and he's majestic. Um, (laughs) But basically, it's an exploration of sort of the weirdest, quirkiest, most interesting competitions from all around the world. And the one that you're referring to um, is the, the cheese cheese running. Yeah, so there's like a it's in it's in the UK I think somewhere it or maybe is. and and they they roll like a a big huge wheel of cheese down the hill and then people race down the hill to try and catch the By cheese. By the way, Josh went like this race down the hill. Oh, the hill it's is like, like race down the hill like that. I mean, people <laughs> the, like people like break all kinds of bones and like it's nuts and it's muddy and like slippery, right? The people that win don't stay up. The people that win fall and are able to recover and bounce up and keep running. Like people fall constantly. Like the, the gravity is, is, is really working against you. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think I remember because I watched that episode and I think like the, the one of the women that won, like she dislocated his shoulder you oh, yeah. know, every time she totally did the race hurts. or something. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, so some of the, some of the other ones that I can convince you to watch Josh, okay. uh, fantasy hairstyling. 
Uh, dog dancing. Dog dancing. Dog dancing. <laughs> Literally. There's like world dog dancing champions. Guess what? The 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 Russians yeah. have a dog dancing team that is incredibly competitive, and so it follows the Russian team. That's one of the only sponsored teams, and they 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 go to the world dog dancing competition and they dance with dogs. Oh, it's like a human dancing with a dog. A human dance. It came from. Uh, uh, of like a, sheep a Will dogs, Ferrell movie, sheep, <laughs> sheep dogs following and giving orders to sheep dogs oh. and like healing and stuff like that and like and uh, then they taught them to like hop around and stuff and, and then literally they hop around and they do like ballet dancing. I've seen TikTok with a dog. videos like this. Yep. Did you like those TikTok videos? Yeah, I did. You actually. will love this. <laughs> Probably watch it till like uh, three in the morning. Competitive yo-yo. Uh, oh, dude. Really? Yes. Oh, I gotta watch this. Good now. stuff. I'm uh, actually pretty good with the yo-yo. My first, hey, like one of my first too. jobs when I was a kid was I was a waiter. And one of my tricks was I could do yo-yo tricks because I learned when I was in high school and I would do them for like kids at the table, you know, so you get more tips. And uh, yeah, they used to call me yo-yo at the restaurant I worked at. That was my nickname. <laughs> nice. I got to watch you, the you yo-yo like competition. Like uh, frog jumping. Okay. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> yes. Were you literally Wait, like... What's the show called again? I'm forgetting. <laughs> we are the champions. We are the champions. On Netflix. <laughs> Uh, it sounds, it's, it's awesome. It's one of those ones I watched one episode and I think probably forgot the name of it and just like, you know, you, a few nights later you come back and you're like, what's on Netflix and you kind of forget. Competitive chili eating? <laughs> That's when you want to watch and you don't want to actually be there in person. That's all I'm saying. It's just you, you look, you take a look into this world of people that are, it's kind of like our world where people right. are so serious about it. You know what I mean? About we one niche So thing. much about one tiny thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's just fascinating to look at. I think that you guys will like it a lot. All right, we are the champions on Netflix. Definitely going to check it out. Big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Stocka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, and Sam Waldo. Our team's a little bit bigger than when you were here before. There's a lot of stuff. You guys don't understand. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. This is a, this is a great time for Commander players. Yeah, we got a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe. If you are not subscribed to our channel, please like and subscribe our video so that you are told when new videos are released. All right. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer <laughs> for the Living Card animations that begin and end each one, every single one of our episodes. You can find him at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. DJ. Bye bye everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fun, Josh. A lot you of should... fun. I missed it. I'm glad to have you back. You're going to be seeing more of DJ. He's going to be around for a little while here. He's helping us out and we're really excited about it. So again, like and subscribe this video so you're let known when new videos are released. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>